Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Find Your Voice podcast. My goal is to motivate you, to inspire you, and whether it's a story from someone that I interview or my own stories, I want you to be inspired. I always get inspired by reading biographies, hearing other people's stories. I watch a lot of like vlogs on YouTube, you know, about people who are actually very successful. How did they get where they are now? This is always very interesting to me. Because what you don't see often is, you know, all the failure failures that preceded the success. And the reality is that the more you can fail, the better chances you have to succeed. So today I want to talk a little bit about the who and not the what. It's really a lot of times it is who. Who is so important? Who is surrounding you? Who do you spend time with? And I wanted to share a few stories where the who in my life made all the difference. And without the who's, without the people in my life that helped me out or that that had an effect on me, I wouldn't be where I am now. Now, of course, it starts in childhood. Your parents have a huge effect on you. They have an influence. And a lot of times their beliefs become your belief. Then later in life, you question that, you find your own beliefs, your, your own way of thinking and your philosophy and what do you want to do with your life. But your parents have a really huge effect on what you think, what you believe, who you are. Now, the good thing is we can always shift our beliefs. We can always change the way we think. But for me, for example, my mother had such a huge effect on my life and my parents because they were both musicians and my mom played at the opera and she would take me, even when I was a small child, I was a really good and quiet child. She would take me along to the orchestra when she played there and I would sit in the back, uh, in the back, but in the orchestra pit down there. It was always this very magical world for me to be inside of the theater, you know, like backstage, all the backstage stuff where I heard all the singers warm up in their rooms, in their dressing rooms. And it was just such a great world. And I remember sitting there when everything got really quiet, the lights are dimmed. And that's the moment where we know everything, you know, everyone gets quiet. First of all, like the orchestra, everyone tunes their instruments. And it's this Again, that is a, such a special atmosphere when you hear the orchestra tune their instruments and then the lights are dimmed, everything hushes and is so quiet. And then you hear and the conductor steps up with like very strong steps so everyone can hear that he's coming. And then he takes a bow, everyone claps and then he gets ready with his baton and then they start playing the overture. And that is such a magical moment. I remember that. And when you like the double basses and the violins and the oboes and the horns and like all these instruments, and they all play together. They watch the they watch the conductor. Sometimes the curtain was still closed while the overture was playing. Sometimes there was already something going on that you could already see something or maybe sometimes in the middle of the overture, the curtains would open up and there was this scene. And then, you know, into the first piece, like the overture ends. Sometimes there's clapping even then. 
<clears throat> and then the opera begins and, um, you know, the singers come on stage and there's action happening. Usually there's something happening in the beginning, like there's someone doing something. Um, for example, in La Nozze di Figaro, you know, like um, Figaro is measuring <laughs> the room and it's like trying to think like, does it fit in here? While Susanna is trying to show him, it's like, my goodness, look, look at this, how beautiful I am. She's trying on. Uh, like a little hat, like they want to get married and all. And uh, it's really cute. But it was such a magical world. So that had a huge influence on me. Had my mother not played at the opera, I think, I don't know what would have happened, but because of all of that, I was so impressed. And classical music had this very special place in my heart always. And, you know, if the radio always played, but when the radio played and there was classical music on it, it actually was a little annoying for me. Really, it was annoying. I have to admit that. Because some classical music is not that accessible. Some classical music is like, I don't know. It's like, you know, like listening to Mozart is beautiful, but like a Mozart quartet. Um, I don't know. It's not the most interesting thing for a child to listen to. You kind of have to understand music a bit to appreciate that. Um, and so, but the, these operas, for example, the Barber of Seville, and some of those musical theater shows, um, it, it was just so enchanting. It was so magical. And it left an impression on me, which I think played a huge part of me becoming a very musical person. Like I was already as a child, I was very musical. I would go home and pretend I'm the opera singer because I could imitate the way they sounded. And I think that already laid the foundations for me knowing how to sing as a soprano. Like, you know, da-da-da-da, which is more chest voice versus, which is more soprano. And I could do it as a child and I would just dance around in my room and pretend I'm the prima donna. And it was just amazing. So the who was extremely important. Now, later, fast forward, later in life, when I auditioned for, you know, to go to a really nice university, I came from this very small college. It was a small Christian Bible college. Um, and then someone recommended, you know, you were actually really good and you, you should try to go to Southern Methodist University. I auditioned and I was it was so expensive there. It was so expensive. I could not afford it. I had zero money, none, because I was like a student and my husband back then, he was a student and we had no money. We, we, we still both worked, but literally we had no money nothing was left over so I went ahead and in good faith and I just auditioned and then my you know soon to become teacher after the audition immediately she came out to me after you know outside the auditorium and she talked to me and she's like you know what you're really good I'm gonna make sure you can go here I got a full scholarship because she believed in me she kind of took over me she's like oh, oh you're gonna be my student she believed in me and she didn't just believe in me after I auditioned, but she kept believing in me. And she said, why don't you audition for the lead role in the opera production? So I auditioned for the lead role as a first year student. And I got the part of Susanna, which is a big lead role uh, in Le Nozze di Figaro. It was my first ever opera. And then I had all these Italian recitativas. Not only did she believe in me to, so to where I should go and audition for that, but also the conductor and the stage director, they all believed in me enough to give me that role. And so that, that's how I fast, 
like I fast forwarded like my progress because uh, suddenly I had all these Italian recitatives and I, was, I became a master in Italian opera and like, you know, Italian classical period opera, Mozart. And that's why I become like the Mozart girl. I'm to this day, Mozart is really great for my voice and because you have to be very accurate and those are the kind of things, those are the things I'm good at. So it was very important that those people believed in me. It's really the who and they connected me to everything that was important. Um, another thing that just recently happened, that's just one example, is um, I have a friend and it's really interesting. If you believe in these things, you know, like destiny or however you want to call it, you know, some people want to call it the universe orchestrating things or God having his hand in, in, in all the things that happen. But just recently, I talked to a friend and I don't know why. I was talking about what if I could be a guest on some podcasts that would really help my exposure and I could tell everyone about my podcast right here. I have a main channel, but I really also want to grow this podcast. And how do I grow? I could tell others about this and be a guest on other podcasts. And there are a lot of podcasts who have guests on, just like me. I could, I want to have guests on my podcast, but I also would like to be a guest on some podcasts. And I don't know why we were talking about, uh, yeah, well, should it only be a podcast that is related to singing? And I said, mm, actually, for me to be a guest, what if it were a podcast such as, and then there were a few names circling around in my head because there have been tons of podcasts I listened to before, like they were more about like success and business and stories and like that. And there were a few circling around in my head. But as I was talking, out came, um, what if I could be on a podcast, say like Entrepreneurs on Fire, John Lee Dumas. It's a huge, huge podcast. He has like a million listeners uh, per episode. That, that, that would help because... There are a lot of people listening. Chances are some might be interested in even something that is singing related or just for the stories that I tell here. And he said, oh, what a coincidence. I'm actually meeting John Lee Dumas this afternoon. I have a meeting with him like online, you know, Zoom meeting or something. Um, would you like me to ask him? And you have to know that nowadays he, the guy gets about... I don't know, hundreds of applications every month from people who want to be on this podcast. And those who are, who actually go through the application process and who are going to be a guest on this podcast, they have to pay big money. They actually have to pay, pay money. So a few hours later, I had the link and I just scheduled the interview. No money, no application, nothing. Because my friend told him about me, how amazing I am, supposedly. Um, and he said, yeah, let's have her on. So last week, I just recorded the interview. I don't know when it's going to be aired, but I'm going to be on Entrepreneurs on Fire, which has a really large audience, which is probably going to help my exposure. And again, it was about who I knew. It was about the relationship. It's I knew my friend and my friend knew John Lee Dumas, I had met John Lee Dumas years before. And it was it's almost like a full circle moment because, hold on just a second. Because I had gone to a conference a few years back 
Let's see. Can I find it? I had gone to a conference a few years back and wait, where is it? I want to find it now because I want to show you. It was such a full circle moment. Oh, I can't find it now. Oh, I wanted to find it. Hold on just a sec. Found it. So um, see if you can see this right here. Those of you who are watching the video on YouTube, this is John Lee Dumas and me where we met at a conference. And of course, it was just this moment where like, oh, can I take a selfie? You know, I just after his talk, I was just like, oh, this was so inspiring. Can I take a selfie? Like He does. He didn't really remember me from the conference or anything. Um, but it was a full circle moment because there I was and he was such an inspiration for me back then because of what he had achieved and now I was on his show and it's like so cool to connect again and this is only to tell you it's really all about having the people in your life and it is true that you are the average of the five people that you surround yourself with the most it is totally true yes you surround yourself probably with your family the most you can't change who's in your family you don't want to change who's in your family but outside of that if you have a peer group that kind of pulls you up because they do things that you aspire to do, if you're always the best in the room, you're not going to improve. But if you are always the one who is kind of like the least advanced and everyone is more advanced, that's going to push you to elevate. So surround yourself with, with others who want to elevate you, not those who want to push pull you down. And um, another thing, um, you know, my team, without my team, I would not be able to do anything. It's like I could know all the things of what it is that I want to do or I should do or I would like to do or I was inspired, you know, I aspire to do a lot of things. But without my team, it would not be possible. Now, I recently had a change in my team and it wasn't because the people who worked for me before were not good enough. That's not what it was at all. They were all amazing. But basically, I I changed dynamics. Um, I am not no longer working with two of my team members that were on my team before. Instead of that, I am working with one person and she has now taken on the role of the two people who worked before. They're all just kind of, you know, freelancers themselves that help me. Um, but the way it is now, we can do things that I could not do before because of the experience and all the things that my new assistant, she knows how to do. So we can have this bigger vision in the future. And it's all about the who, really, with without my team, I could not do anything. Now there's Crystal, who is a huge part in the online singing school in my membership program. She connects a lot with people there. She meets with them once a month. I meet once a month, but I'm more like the singing technical expert. And she's more like the accountability and kind of like the one that just she wants, she talks to people like the relationships, which I don't really have time for to be in there a lot because I'm working on the bigger picture and creating content and, you know, being on podcasts and stuff like that. So I'm more on the front end 
And she's more on the inside of things when it comes to the online singing school. Now, of course, my vocal mastery lab students, because I give one-on-one feedback, it's me. It's just me. And she checks in with them once a week and whoever wants to, to be held accountable. But surround yourself with people that will help you elevate, that will help you achieve your next level. It is so much about who. And the who can even help you figure out the what, what it is that you need to do and the how. But first comes the who. It's really, well, the why comes first. What is the reason? Why do you want to do anything that you do? And then come the who. Who can help you? Who can you learn from? Who can assist you? Who can support you? Who can cheer you on? In any capacity, like even my mother, she doesn't know anything about online business. But she's supportive in, she just believes in my goals. And she believes that what I set out to do, I am going to achieve it. And she, she, she supports me by just being odd. She, by just saying, wow, this is really amazing. This is so cool. You've done such a great job. You are so cool. And, you know, even my daughter, she's 11 now, but even her friend's They look up to, you know, maybe to her also, but to me, because none of their parents, which doesn't mean they don't do anything cool. But of course, all the kids, they aspire to do like, oh, my goodness, I want to be a YouTuber. You're a YouTuber. You do like you have like 250,000 subscribers. Yes. And they're like, wow, I want to do that. Um, I'm not big on TikTok, but you know, YouTube is where I started out and that's where I still am and that's where I'm going to continue to be. Um, but now with this Find Your Voice project, I've always wanted to do something like that. And again, it's always the who. It was my friend who connected with me with John Lee Dumas, who also years ago encouraged me to go ahead and step out in faith. And was like, why don't you do this Find Your Voice project, which is more mindset and inspirational and I love that. I love watching videos that motivate and inspire me. Recently, I've been binge watching a lot of, or maybe not watching, listening. Um, uh, it's not Shark Tank. It's uh, the lot Dragon's Den. Why did I want to say Lion's Den? Dragon's Den. It's the British version of Shark Tank. I don't know which one was in first. I think. Um, I think. Dragon's Den has been there for quite a long time and I enjoy it so much. And then I followed Stephen Bartlett. He's one of the, um, I actually, I actually started following him first. He has an amazing podcast that I highly can recommend, Diary of a CEO. It's amazing. He interviews some of the most amazing people on the planet and the quality of the productions are next level. They're amazing he has a huge team and he is a very successful uh serial entrepreneur but it's so inspiring like i i consider um this that i'm surrounding myself with people such as stephen bartlett such as the people that come on um dragon's den because i'm consuming all of that content and i'm hearing their thoughts i'm hearing their process And that feeds into my mind. And so it's all about the who. Who do you surround yourself with? Who inspires you? Do you have someone who inspires you? 
or do you feel like you're always the most most advanced in your you know in your peer group are you always the most successful the most you know do you make the most money are you the most successful and the most advanced that's not a good place to be it it feels good but you're not going to level up from there it it's actually much better to surround yourself and you know be in a group where you're the you're the low, the lowest level and then they will pull you up because you will feel like you need to like okay i, I this is not acceptable not to say that you should ever feel like something is wrong with where you are now but i feel if you want to go anywhere in life and have any amount of success you have to always you 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 can't just stand still that doesn't mean you don't take rest and break you totally do i'm going to talk about that some other time because that was the first question on the john lee dumas uh, podcast that he asked me he always asks this same question everyone like, what is something that you've learned in business that most people would disagree with? And my answer was that it's only in taking a break when you don't work. That's when you make the most progress because that's when you take a few steps back. You see the big picture. That's where I've always had my most brilliant ideas was like on a walk, on maternity leave. When I take breaks, when I work out, when I go for a run, when I'm not working in my business, when I'm not trying to force think about like what am I supposed to do, when I'm taking a few steps back, that's when I have the best ideas. I hope you stay blessed and you keep dreaming big dreams. You can achieve anything you want to achieve. It's only a matter of what are you willing to pay for it. And the price is your time and your dedication, and always be willing and open-minded to change your perspective and ask yourself, is it really true, that belief that I have? All right, be blessed, and we'll talk soon in the next one.